Rooney. Pastel Mohamedi. Well, Rooney for Manchester United, and it's there! Marcus Rashford is there! The substitute breaks holes. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to another edition of the Free and In podcast with me Krish and as always I have Sam. Hello. We'll kick things off as we head into the international break by looking at Sam Allardyce's first England squad which he announced over the weekend. Yes, uh, England play uh, Slovakia in a World Cup qualifier um, uh, last game. You remember that thrilling nil-nil draw in the Euros? <laughs> Any surprises in the squad for you? Well, I'd say that uh, most people have been looking at the fact that both Marcus Rashford and Ross Barkley have been left out of the squads. Yeah, I think Barkley certainly is unlucky. He's um, he's had a good start to the season, so he can consider himself slightly unfortunate. But, I mean, Allardyce did say that it's only, it's only his first squad. It doesn't necessarily mean anything going forward. Wilshire's also out of the squad, which isn't a surprise, but... I mean, he's he's been in when fit, quite decent for England as well, regardless of how much game time he's had at Arsenal. But Allardyce has said that he he has to be playing. Mikel Antonio's also received his first ever England call up, which will be chuffed about. What do you make of that? Started the season, scored two goals. Don't think he's going to be play, playing at right back for England though. That's for <laughs> sure. No doubt. A couple of header mm-hmm. goals. Yeah, he scored over the weekend as well, which we'll come on to later. Yeah, that you know he's really progressed from. Non-league football through to Nottingham Forest and now into the West Ham team and to England now as well. It really gives you hope, doesn't it? Unfortunately, I think it's probably a bit too late for us. But you were shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe Hart's had to leave the squad in order to complete a loan signing to Torino. Yeah, that's an interesting move. Something that I wrote about a couple of years ago is English players moving abroad. More in the context of younger players, but there's no reason that seasoned professionals can't also you know, gain a bit of experience by playing in a different country. I mean, it's 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 a shame that English players haven't really played abroad too much. I mean, I, I can only really think of recent years. Anyway, Beckham and maybe Michael Owen, you could say the same for. Well, that was successful. <laughs> yeah, uh, Michael Owen being successful. Michael, o- Mike- Michael Owen see- seems to think he had a very successful Madrid. Um, it seems to be a cultural block as well. Uh, I think a lot of foreign players, people from around Europe, naturally learn to speak English at school and mm. find it easier to adapt to playing in England. Of course, you know, there's the fact that the Premier League is so popular and is one of the most well-paid leagues and things like that as well. But it kind of just seems that. English players are less willing to adapt to foreign cultures. It's a bit of a reflection of culture generally, isn't it? Perhaps, yeah. Speaking of playing in Europe, the Champions League draw was made. Um, and it's quite favourable for for the English side, I think. Yeah, we'll start off in Group A, your, uh, Arsenal's group. Yeah, Paris Saint-Germain, uh, Basel and Bulgarian side Luda Goretz. I thought I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, well... Liverpool are quite happy with having Ludogorets in their group a couple of years ago, and uh, we struggled to beat them. So, <laughs> never know. <laughs> Liverpool would be happy with uh, any involvement in Europe. I think, to be honest, 
Um, no, but Leicester, they they play uh, some nice trips away actually for them. Copenhagen, Bruges, and Porto. They'll be happy with that, I think. Man City, perhaps with the, the toughest group of the English four. Munchen and Gladbach, Celtic, and uh, Barcelona. It's tough ties. Yeah. I think they'll get out of that okay, though, to be honest. Guardiola's return to Barca. Mm, it was it's almost like it was uh, planned, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, actually, when I, I was looking at the draw and I saw that Arsenal's was, was reasonably favourable, I uh, it, it made me think that uh, Chelsea's must be really easy then because they classically have the easiest Champions League group. And then I remember they're not in it. Which <laughs> kind of made me a bit happy. Um, and then Spurs. Yeah, Tottenham's group is uh, Seska Moscow, Leverkusen and Monaco. That should be an interesting group. Yeah, it's quite evenly sp- yeah. spread out, isn't it? Uh, Leverkusen under Roger Schmidt look quite good. Monaco uh, having beaten PSG this week. Yeah. Um, which we'll perhaps touch on later. Javier Hernandez... Will be isn't fit at the moment. He's broken his hand, but if he can find scoring form for Leverkusen, then he could cause a few problems for Tottenham. But he has in the past with Man United, absolutely. But uh, going through, let's get your predictions for each group. Actually, group starting with Group A, it's, it's likely to be um, Arsenal and PSG, which go through. Yep, and Group B, uh, undoubtedly, uh, Arsenal will go through second and then get knocked out by either. Barcelona or Bayern Munich. Inglorious failure. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, group B, again, it's quite an evenly matched group. It's uh, Benfica, Napoli, Dinamo Kiev and Besiktas. Na- Napoli are the team that stand out there. Besiktas have done a lot of business over the last few years uh, and they were champions in uh, in Turkey a couple of years ago. So uh, they, could, uh, uh, they could do something. A lot uh, of their transfers have been outgoing though. Mm. Heading to the Premier League, some of them following uh, Slavin Bilic to West Ham. Group C, as we mentioned, is Barcelona, Man City, München Gladbach, and Celtic. I think Brendan Rodgers will struggle again in Europe, and uh, I can't see Celtic making it out of this group. They got a, a, a 2 1 win against Barcelona the last time they went to Celtic Park, so. That's true. Um, but yeah, Barcelona, Man City to progress there. Group D. Bayern, Atletico, PSV, and Rostov of Russia. I'd say the first two there stand out. Bayern and Atletico, probably in that order. Yeah, I mean, Bayern are top seeds. Yeah, could could be the other way. I mean, Atletico always strong in Europe, but they haven't started the season particularly well. So, just for that reason, and and because of Ancelotti's experience within Europe and his pedigree, we'll go. I'll go for uh, Bayern first, Atletico second. Group E, which is Tottenham's group. It's a, oh, it's a tough one to call, really. I mean... You'd go with Spurs and Leverkusen, though. I, well, I would, anyway. Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree. Even though, despite Monaco's kind of positive result against PSG this weekend, they've kind of flattered to deceive over the last few years. And I know they, they beat Arsenal, but, yeah, they're not they're not quite the team they were when they had all the, they, the high they spending. They had the danger to be when they, when they had players like Falcao and... Hemis Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. Group F. Madrid, Dortmund, Sporting and Leisure also. Again, the first two, I think the top two seeds, Madrid and Dortmund there, I think will comfortably go through. 
especially if uh, Sporting end up selling some of their players to Leicester, which we'll touch on later. Group G, which is Leicester's group. Leicester, Porto, Bruges and Copenhagen, as we mentioned. I think they could get out of the group. Yeah. I would love it if they did. And I think the Leicester fairy tale, fairy tale could continue, not so much in the Premier League, but to an extent in Europe. If they can make it out of the group, I think that will be such a phenomenal achievement. It would be a success, really, wouldn't it, to be honest? Absolutely. Group H, Juve, Sevilla, Lyon and Dinamo Zagreb. Actually, another tough group. Juventus, obviously, the standout side. Yeah. Sevilla have won the Europa League a few years running now. And um, Leon, it, Leon's form is very dependent on the fitness of Lacazette and Nabil Fakir as well, both of whom are struggling with injuries at the moment. But yeah, as of this weekend, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly as of this weekend, I would again go with the top two seeds. Yeah, nothing well, too adventurous there. I know, but that's what the Champions League's about. You get served up some surprises, usually in the latter stages, but you know, it would definitely be interesting, and, and the Europa League will be interesting as well. Well, let's head to the Premier League. Conte, Guardiola and Mourinho have all kept their 100% record and every team has got off the mark with at least a point. Draws for Palace, Sunderland and Bournemouth over the weekend. But we'll start off at White Hart Lane for the early kickoff on Saturday. Spurs v Liverpool. Looked like a tasty affair going into it and was actually quite interesting. Don't know if you managed to catch any of it. Yeah, I saw the game. I, I, to be honest, it was an exciting game. I didn't really think the standard of football was up to that much. Like I said, it was. It's quite exciting. Lots of chances end to end, blah, blah, blah. I just, I don't know. Technically, it didn't seem like a very good game to me. I think both teams have focused quite a lot. Klopp and Pochettino sides focused quite a lot at the beginning of the season on their mm. intensity and pressing and stuff like that. And that could contribute to the mm. fact that some of the technical aspects kind of get I mean, swept like, to the side slightly. If you... Just look at the chance that Coutinho he should have buried that, by the way. Yeah. But it just seemed like it was a snail's pace walk through the Tottenham defence, which was a bit ragged. And then, I mean, similarly, Tottenham had chances in a in in similar fashion. I just think it was all a bit disjointed. Got better towards the end of the second half, but... Yeah, it was Jurgen Klopp's return to the scene of his first Premier League game, actually. Same result, wasn't it? Same result. Yeah, I think that was could have been a nil-nil draw rather than a one-all draw, but yeah, draw nonetheless. Uh, Michel Vaughan was in good form, filling in for Hugo Lloris. He did have to be. He came out, did what Hugo Lloris does, came out, made important tackles, mostly against Sadio Mane. Yeah, kept up with him for pace, didn't he? Exactly, exactly. And he didn't, he didn't, he didn't pull any punches with his tackle. He was going through it the whole, wholeheartedly. If that was an outfield pair that made a lot of those tackles, do you reckon there would be? Any issue with excessive force on some of them? Um, probably not because they're kind of straight on mm. and he's cleanly won the ball. Mane didn't seem to have an issue. No, with it. exactly. No. Well, the deadlock was eventually broken by James Milner from the spot after a. Well, it was. It was. There was contact with Firmino. Some people saying it was outside the box, and then it kind of he ended up clipping his own ankles. But his ankle, his foot was kicked onto his own other foot. So it's a yeah. Penalty. I don't, there should be no argument against that. I don't think Lamelo had any. Complaints about it, did he? No. Um, the other, there was another penalty shout for a push by Vertonghen on, I think it was Matip. But yeah, and you know, going by the directives, I know Klopp was saying on the touchline that there was penalties given at the Stoke and Man City game for seemingly the same thing. 
Some people are saying that the penalties weren't given because the corner hadn't actually been taken yet, so the ball was out of play. But it was pretty it was much a, in, yeah. Well, yeah, it was, like, it was pretty Did, much in. Like, the... He's he's blown the he's blown the whistle after the ball's been kicked. That's that's a penalty all day long. That is a penalty for me. Why is he Why is he warning them? They've already been warned. All the fucking clubs have been warned. So the warning the time for warnings are gone. I think there was they showed it kind of on uh, match today and post game as well, where they were. Uh, showing Henderson taking the corner at the same time as the referee going to blow his whistle. Yeah. So maybe like in his head, obviously in slow motion, it kind of looks like he's blown the whistle after the ball's in the air, but he's made the decision to blow the whistle before the ball been in the air. But anyway, one all was the final score. Danny Rose equalised. It's kind of similar story for Liverpool, playing pretty well against a big team, but conceding in the end. Mm. That's going to come back to one Liverpool. Defensively, you're a bit of a shambles, to be honest. I know you've got Sacco to come back, but is if he does, comes it, does back. it seem is does it look like he's going to come back? Yeah. As convinced as you were by Clavin against Arsenal, despite conceding three goals, I don't having seen him like two or three times now. Don't really rate him that high, but again, he'll improve once he gets more used to the English game a bit more, maybe. But it's it's it's, it's an issue. You can't keep conceding. When's the last time you kept a clean sheet? Can tell you. Yeah. Yeah, well, one player I was really impressed with, actually, was Adam Lallana. I kind of criticised him a bit last season for not having the end product and pissing about with the ball and doing his stepovers and Cruyff turns yeah. constantly. But he's looked really high intensity. He's won the ball a few times. He won the ball for that chance at the beginning of the game. Um, he had a goal, well, uh, he had an assist for a goal disallowed. It was offside, wasn't it? Yeah, he was just, just offside. But yeah, he looks like he could contribute a lot more this season. From the first kickoff of the weekend to the last, we saw City face West Ham. It's a great performance, wasn't it? It's quite short. Raheem Sterling looked like he'd carried on his form from the last couple of games. He looks like a changed man. Three games, three assists, three goals, I think, isn't it? It's, just, it's good. For, it seems like. He just needed an arm around him or something, or, or just actual direction, which is uh, a criticism, I think, that him and his team kind of levelled against Pellegrini. Yeah, I think that he he has kind of alluded to the fact that he got a lot of personal one-to-one coaching when he was at Liverpool under Brendan Rodgers, and then he felt that he didn't really get that uh, under Pellegrini, like you said, and now he's kind of he's got that kind again. of... Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's kind of got, got back to it, and he's found his, his scoring form. Yeah. Speaking of arms around people, Sergio Aguero was the big talking point of the game. Looks like he could potentially miss the Mr. Derby. It's, well, it's, it depends whether or not it was in um, the referee's match notes, which I, I can never get my hand around that rule. Like, if the referee's seen it, then it can't be dealt with again. Like, I don't understand the rationale of that. The re- like, seeing something in one angle, one perspective, can be completely different to seeing it from a multitude of angles. Why should the fact that a referee's seen it be any less of a reason for there to be any retrospective acting? I, I know they they might say it will undermine the authority of a referee on the pitch, but they've brought in goal line technology that surely does the same thing. Do you know what I mean? It this is these these are aids which the football should be using. He sh- yeah. he should be he should be given a ban. But yeah, then, it was it was it was quite dangerous. You can see the elbow's gone straight into Winston Reed's face and he's It doesn't catch him flush, but the, no, the intent but, was there. Yeah, exactly. 
but then like you, there's the conspiracy theorist in me which which says that you've got the man United, uh, the Manchester derby coming up next week uh, the next game do the people want Aguero to miss that I guess from the neutrals perspective they want to see the best possible game and mm. in that sense yeah of course you'd want Sergio Aguero to play but rules are rules, rules, are rules yeah <laughs> City had eighty uh, no sixty seven percent possession, twenty two shots. That's uh, seems like a dominating stat. Yeah, West Ham kind of struggled to create, and uh, they look like they're massively missing Dimitri Payet. They spent seventy percent of the first thirty minutes in their own half. So I don't know whether that's a case of West Ham struggling to get out of their own half or Guardiola's high pressing style kind of coming to fruition at City. Maybe a bit of both. I would say more the latter. There seems to be an understanding then that uh, he's very quickly garnered, to be honest. So they're going to be a force. And I mean, they haven't they haven't even played uh, some of the, their new acquisitions. So we've got no. more to come. One of the new acquisitions that has played really well is Nelito. He's been involved in a few goals in the last few games. Goal linking assist. up with yeah, linking up with uh, Sterling really well. Mm. So I think that's something for City fans to be excited about. It was a transfer that kind of went a bit under the radar. I mean, he was he's highly rated. He got his first Spain caps in, uh, last season, didn't he? So you'd think there'd be more noise about it. But I suppose with the the team from up the road doing the huge signings, like it probably went under the radar a little. Shall we go to United next? Hull United, which was the next game. Heartbreaking for Hull. They, they they were resolute for. 92 minutes, I think it was. And this just two lapses in concentration there. One by the right back and then one by the centre half. I'm mm. sticking with it though. Hull City for the title 2017. <laughs> it started trending. Um, I, what, One thing I didn't like was how overly magnanimous Mike Phelan was at the end in his post-match. Like, I know he was happy that his team defended well, but he didn't seem distraught at all. <laughs> like... uh it almost seemed like he was he was okay that Man United picked up the three points there. Is it another one of the turnovers? We saw it under Steve Bruce whenever he used to face Man United. <laughs> yeah, he would uh, roll over. <laughs> <laughs> What's that on the Richter scale? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Curtis Davis and Jakubovic uh, in goal did, did pretty much all they could to keep United out for most of the game. But yeah, it was in the end, it was just was just wasn't enough. <laughs> Marcus Rashford getting the goal when uh, Ibrahimovic and Co couldn't. So yeah, I, had, I think those were his first minutes under Mourinho, weren't they? This yeah. season, he's uh, <laughs> he's 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 going to be a presence there. I think in Mourinho's mind, because it, it seems like every time he's given an option, uh, given an opportunity, he he delivers something. Well, they ground out a result in sort of typical old school United fashion in Fergie time. Not quite Fergie time. Almost, almost. <laughs> but is this the return of <clears throat> the old Man United, do you reckon? Well, I've, I've thought they looked decent all season. And I dipped them to win the league, so <laughs> seems like they're, they're making one of my predictions unhappily correct. Well, another prediction I'm going to ask from you is the prediction for the derby next game. What do you reckon? It's a tough one. I mean, uh, Man City of pretty much dominated the derby over the past two or three years now, haven't they? I, I, I think I'll probably go for Man United. I'm going to go for City. Be a, be a bit controversial. 
just fight it out now. <laughs> I mean, I know Mourinho kind of grinds out results and City, City look like, you know, they've got more information to take on board. They're trying out new tactics, but I just think they're a really exciting prospect going forward. And they looked really convincing against West Ham, whereas United didn't necessarily look as convincing against Hull. So it'll, be, it'll definitely be an interesting game. We've had a kind of few transfer stories over the weekend with the window coming up. Well, the end of the window coming up. Two days now. Yeah. And one of the big stories over the last couple of days has been Sporting's uh, Adrian Silva, who said that he's close to signing for Leicester, as well as highly rated uh, teammate Islam Slimani, who'd be linking up with his Algerian compatriot Riyad Mahrez. I, I think he scored... Potentially his last goal for Sporting against Porto this weekend. Yeah. Not? Yeah. Um, £50 million pounds less for spending. On two players, yeah. yeah. And that, I think they've already spent about 20 something with Musa. Yeah. But then they they made a they money back made from a Kante. Kante. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, Slomani, Slomani got 27 goals last season. That's that's a massive number. And adding to the firepower of Musa and Vardy. And Mahrez and Ozaki. <laughs> they're, they're quite striker heavy, aren't they? Very much so. He's kind of more of a kind of wide forward, so it's not necessarily something. Um, obviously, they've had like Mahrez on one side, Slimani could play from the left. That would be a deadly front three. And with Drinkwater, who's seems to just always lay him on a plate for Jamie Vardy, that's, he's, he's not a bad person to, to play make from deep positions as well, so. He did exactly that this weekend. Leicester beat Swansea. Really unconvincing Swansea as well. Swansea made a good fist of it towards the end of the game. I mean, like... Yeah. Leicester went 2-0 Leicester went up and then Mahrez missed his... I don't know how many penalties he's missed recently. Last three and... Well, three in his last four. He scored one on the opening day against Hull, didn't he? And yeah. then, But yeah, I mean, if he scores that, then it's curtains. But after that, it seemed to have kind of let them make them rally and they got back into it with a towering header from Leroy Fair um, and they looked like they could get an equaliser well that was uh, Ranieri's 100th Premier League win yeah dilly ding dilly dong they, 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 and they played the game pretty much in a swimming pool towards the end did you see that it was incredible <laughs> like the ball was just holding up yeah I think that if that rain had started much earlier there'd be serious question marks over the game Leicester face Liverpool in their next game so they were one of only two teams to beat them last season. The other was, was of course, Arsenal, who played Watford this weekend. Yeah, it was it was better from the Arsenal. Well, Arsenal have now scored twelve goals in their last five games, and you know they've got they've almost wrapped up the two signings that everyone's been calling for for so long in Perez and Mustafi. Yeah. So why I mean... all the fuss? <laughs> uh, anyway, we got there in the end. <laughs> we just we just should have done this months ago. But I think what was noticeable was having Mezzet back in the in the, in the, in the team playing in his playing in that position where he's the best in the world. It just made things flow so much more better. So much better. We had Kazula and uh, the new boy Jacka playing at the base of midfield and. Between them, they literally controlled the game. They they gave Mesut the freedom to do whatever he wanted to do. They they never lost a ball, and we just literally walked through them with amazing short passing. 
it was really easy in the first half. We and we and it wasn't because Watford were playing particularly badly, but we we looked really good in the first half. Matsari has often used three at the back, and you could see that when they lost the ball, they'd revert to a five. But it was like a block block five. No one had anyone to do any. No one, none of their back four, back three, sorry, had anyone to mark. So they were kind of just floating around on their own, not really doing anything. And then our runners from deep, they were just punishing them because the defenders were looking at the forward players, and then they 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 were missing the late runs and. One thing we've seen from some continental managers is zonal marking from open play, and it kind of looked like that's what Watford were trying to achieve, but without a real defensive midfielder. Yeah. So those runs from deep weren't getting picked up, and no one really knew what their zones were. I mean, the 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 prime example was the was the Ozil header goal. Yeah, I mean, he, he he the run he makes is so late, <laughs> and there's no pressure on Alexis in the wide position as well. So. Well, you know, you know something's wrong when Mesut Ozil, who's not the tallest player in the world, is getting a free header at, I, I, at, at Premier think, League centre backs. I think the commentator said it was a bit of a collector's item, but in in the few years that Ozil's been at Arsenal, I can remember him scoring free headers now. So, and a bit of breaking news on the Arsenal actually. Um, John Cross from the Daily Mirror has just uh, reported that Arsenal are about to let Jack Wilshere go out on loan to regain some match fitness and try and get him some first-team time. Because we've got such a plethora of midfielders at the moment that probably don't have the time to allow Jack Wilshire to find his feet again. We're already trailing the leaders by five points, so it's probably a good move, I think. I'd prefer him to get out of the Premier League to, like I was talking about, um, Joe Hart. I think it'd be better for him to learn a bit more about the game from Spanish League, German League. Maybe even the French League. Nah. <laughs> Just seeing the headlines of Pharaoh Xhaka. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll catch you after the break. What's well, something up there? Far too much for us today. Um, you know, there's a massive gulf from where we are as a football club and where this football club is, both on and off the pitch. And, you know, it was on show today. Um, if you add in real poor decision making from us and a poor, very poor first half, which is not like us, to be fair, then you've got no chance of winning games like this today. Welcome back. So, Chelsea are another side that have maintained their 100% record. Conte side with what I think was the most convincing performance I've seen from any side so far this season. 3-0 win over Burnley. Could have been a lot more. It's pretty accomplished, wasn't it? Burnley never had a look in. Not at all. They didn't even manage a shot on target. Didn't they? Nope. Chelsea had 10 of them. Burnley didn't manage a single one. And Victor Moses, my favourite stat. Victor Moses got his second goal for Chelsea four years after his first. Well, so what other stats you got? Come on, throw them at me. Oh, I got, I got, I got more. First time in 13 home games Chelsea have managed to keep a clean sheet. Fuck. Really? 13 home games? They were Chelsea? Sh- they were shite last season. Oh, yeah, of course. Actually, that's all I've got. <laughs> I've got one for you. This is the first time this season Diego Costa shouldn't have been sent off. Ooh. That is... That's a big one. That's a good start. You probably should have. Yeah, yeah. You can't look like that and get away with it. 
<laughs> no, no, no. But Chelsea looked absolutely unbeatable. Eden Hazard is seems like he's having fun again. Doesn't look like he has to do any defensive work. Uh, Kante and Matic had that covered. Kante looked like the play was it Leicester. Yeah, and it's, it's that, that <laughs> well, because it. he is the play. Was it Leicester? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, Eden Hazard was doing tricks, running with the ball. Crossfield vases, he had, he, he did everything, and his goal was so well taken. I don't think he could have. He, he, he hasn't looked like that player since Mourinho joined Chelsea. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, he had a real swagger in his step. Yeah. We'll see. It will be interesting to see how they can build from this and uh, whether they can kind of keep that consistency up. Do you think they'll make any more signings? I think I, defensively they have to. Yeah, they're linked with Marcus Alonso. From Fiorentina. Oh, yeah, of course. Who's a pretty nifty defender. Good with the ball at his feet as well. He can play left-back or in midfield as well. Kind of similar in mould to Fabio Contrao or Daley Blint. Which would be perfect if Conte chooses to play three at the back. But on Burnley... Sean Dyche has kind of tried to take on the uh, Big Sam mantle of defending English managers and talking about how foreign managers get all the plaudits. But he had nothing to say after this game. Nothing intelligible, anyway. <laughs> I don't think he has much to say, usually, anyway. I can't really understand. He was quite saying. magnanimous, though. He just, just said that Chelsea are better than us. There's nothing we could have done. They, he, he praised the way Chelsea had set up and the way they played. But He did use his classic excuse of, oh, we can't compete with their resources, until he manages to draw until a win Homer, again. Until Homer came home and... <laughs> Ask for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a quick kind of summary or look at the rest of the games in the Premier League. Southampton have announced the signing of Sofiane Buffal for a club record fee of £17 million. He scored 12 goals for Lille last season. Do you think that could uh, help them? I mean, they only managed to draw last weekend. Um, and. They were slightly fortunate to get that as well, to be honest. Um, Sunderland put in their first actual performance of the season. Um, Jermaine Defoe with the opener. I, I, I did like uh, the look on Jose Font's face when he realised the penalty had been given against him. This look of absolute dumbfoundment and incredulity. Like he... Like he 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 doesn't he actually believes he's done nothing wrong there <laughs> and he's <laughs> truly shocked the refs given the penalty definite penalty but the lead didn't last very long that's the that's the issue and it's unfortunate really for the the goalie Pickford who came in for the injured Don Vito Manoni um, he, he did so well throughout the game that he made a string of quality saves he seemed to really grow in in, in stature and confidence. And then the the Jay Rodriguez shot. Who it's good to see him back playing football again after his injury. Definitely. But the keeper's got to save that. He's got to save that. And uh, yeah, it cost them the three points. Do you think this will be the season where the Southampton model of selling their best players finally kind of falls apart? They've seemed to replace their best players every season, but there's just this sense that. This could be the season where they fall off slightly. I, there's, there are three worse teams than them in the league, so I, I don't think it's gonna. 
I mean, it could potentially happen. They're not, they're not going to have the, the upwards trend that they've been having, regardless of uh, loss of player or manager. But the I think the negative impact isn't going to be so drastic that they fall out of the league. So I, th- I think it'll be all right for them. And, and th- th- this period of austerity, I don't think it can... It can't last that long. They they in in the same way that Arsenal had to curb their spending while they bought the new stadium. St Mary's had the same impact on Southampton. I mean, they got relegated twice, I think, to to League One, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But they they picked themselves up, and especially with all the money in in the game at the moment, I, I think the austerity is not going to last that long. Another side that broke their transfer record. And actually, as of today... So many of the teams have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another one, as of today, is West Brom, who've signed Nasser Chadley from Spurs, of course, for £13 million. Interesting signing. It doesn't really strike me as a very Tony no, Pulis signing. not at all. Not at all. Um, I never really rated him that much at Tottenham anyway. But West, ha- West Brom, sorry, they need something that makes them more exciting. They need some flair pretty much summarising their goalless draw with Borough, wasn't it? It was the most West Brom performance. Completely went under the radar. One thing that should be said about Nasser Chadley is that he was Spurs' second highest scorer in 2016. Granted, it was only like six goals <laughs> after Harry Kane, but... That's... that's, that's six goals nonetheless, yeah. I think that someone like Eriksen or Lamelo or something would have got more, a few more goals, but... I guess they did kind of slip off at the tail end of yeah. last season, so probably mostly because of that. And he was playing some of the Europa League games as well, wasn't he? That w- that will kind of definitely add some firepower to their forward line for West Brom, uh, especially if they can keep Saido Berahino. Yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't look like the deal for Berahino is going to happen, does it? No, and he tweeted uh, either today, I think today, yeah, saying uh, kind of welcome to the club to Nasser Chadley and he's, that he's looking forward to playing with him, so... Bit of a suggestion there that Berahino will be staying. Don't know how much you can really look into that, but... I mean, Pulis hasn't really done himself any favours in the way that he's treated Berahino. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Making him train with the reserves and making him train on his own and stuff. Giving him limited game time. I mean, it's, it doesn't inspire the player to want to stay, does it, really? No. But if he stays till the end of the season and uh, can score a few goals for West Brom help keep them in the league, then uh, I'm sure West Brom fans will be eternally Easy grateful. Easy to forget. Exactly. Palace and Bournemouth, who have both actually also broken their uh, transfer records this summer, gained their first point of the season with a one all draw with each other. Palace would have been desperately unlucky if they didn't score that goal. <laughs> they they were banging on the door for about half an hour. I don't, I don't know, like they must have had at least... 15 shots. Didn't look like the understanding was there for Benteke at all. They didn't play to his strengths. They I mean, Last season, uh, Crystal Palace put in the most crosses of any team. They didn't seem to want to do that. And, I mean, why, why would you not when you've got two players up front in uh, Benteke and Wickham whose main strengths are aerial and power? They didn't seem to do the two strikers any justice with the, the way they were playing football. I, well, they'll be, help- they'll be hoping um, Wilfred Zaha stays because he's been linked with a move away, potentially to Spurs. 
he's made the move away. Like he knows that the grass isn't always greener after his time at um, Man United. I think he's at the right club, to be honest. One player who has moved from Palace to what he hopes are greener pastures is Yannick Bellassi, which comes to our last game, Everton Stoke. He was quite bright, actually, Bellassi in that game, along with Barkley as well, who, who both had quite decent games together. And Morales seems to have a new lease of life as well under Ronald Koeman. Um, when you think about that front four, we, we add Lukaku into the mix there, that, that's quite a formidable attacking lineup. The game was only 1-0, and it was from a really unfortunate goal. Uh, Shea given own goal. Leighton Baines took a penalty. Shea given uh, got a hand to it, knocked it onto the post, and it comes off the back of his head and then nah. rolls in. Classic. So, yeah, very unlucky. And even uh, the, the sort of the penalty was slightly contentious, to be honest. Uh, Ashley Williams was fouled by Phil Barsley in the box in the lead up to a corner. It wasn't like a shirt-pulling one, but there was a trip in there and the penalty was given. But I, I, I think Everton looked quite impressive, actually. Still only the second-best team in Liverpool. With seven points. <laughs> <laughs> so now for a bit of a European roundup, slightly more extensive European roundup before we head into the international break. We'll start off in Germany, where Bayern absolutely thumped Werder Bremen 6-0. Did you see uh, Xabi Alonso's goal? Screamer. He always starts the season, opening day, screamer. And Lewandowski as well with a hat-trick. He could have had about 10, though. Yeah. Uh, I think Werder Bremen just gave up. They couldn't be asked after 2-0. Lewandowski got a hat-trick, but his former club, Dortmund, also in fine form. Uh, Abemiang got two over the weekend. And a lot of people were suggesting that this might be the season that Dortmund win the title. Ancelotti's Got a really good track record in Europe, but not necessarily the best league record. And Thomas Tuchel has really hit the ground running with Dortmund. Did really well last season as well. And the signings they've made, like Dembele, Scherler, have all really fit fitted into the side straight away. And they look like Dortmund players. Doesn't look like they've needed any bedding in period. And yeah, if, if Bayern do slip up in the league front, then I think Dortmund could seriously challenge for the title again. It would be good. I mean, there's there's a couple of other divisions where it's just one team winning the league year after year, and it's. I mean, we're we're all excited by the Premier League because there's so many possible outcomes for winners, and that's what makes it exciting. So, hopefully, that is the case in Germany. Well, another league that has traditionally. Well, over recent years, had only one winner is the French League in Liga. PSG were beaten by Monaco, though, so maybe we'll see another another league that kind of the old guard have broken. They started really slowly last season as well. Um, True, it seemed like they had their preseason as game number one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they'll be able to claw it back. Is mine. They kind of seem to have lost a bit of the swagger they had when Ibra was in the team. Cavani has been <laughs> shocking. Did you see that show reel? Against Mets, yeah. That was unbelievably bad. How many chances did he have? There's a video of it on our Twitter, which you can check it out at 3 and Pod. But I don't think I've ever seen a player 
just fall off a cliff that badly in a game. He he looked so amateur, did not look up for it at all. But like you said, PSG with the wealth of resources they have should be comfortably winning the title. Leon are another side who have a few talented players in Nabil Fakir and uh, Lacazette as well. Both of whom are unfortunately injured. Lacazette started the season off really well, but landed awkwardly on his knee and looks like he could be out for months. Could be months, yeah. One league that I don't think will have a change in uh, title fortunes is Serie A. Juve have bought Pjanic and Higuain, the two best players from their closest rivals, and they won again over the weekend. With both of those players on the bench, did you see that? £145 million worth of talent on the bench. <laughs> Kadira with the goal in the end. Yeah. Their two closest rivals in Roma and Napoli did also pick up wins. Kevin Strootman scored his first goal in 952 days. He's He's really been plagued by injuries and... Uh, Roma fans will be chuffed to see him back. I think 952 days is so about the same length of time you've not got laid, isn't it? Hey! <laughs> I think you may have stopped watching that game a little bit too early because Roma actually squandered a two-goal lead, so they drew 2-2 two, two to Cagliari. Yeah, I was probably trying to too busy trying to get rid of my own Baron spell. <laughs> How'd that go for you? Meh. <laughs> not well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I'm no Kevin Stroopman. <laughs> Napoli beat what ended up being nine-man AC Milan. Yeah, their new boy. Uh, Higuain's replacement, Arcadius Milik, with two goals. Well, Napoli fans will be happy because if the Milik turned out to be sour, they ain't the kind of pussies <laughs> to drink it. <laughs> yeah. No, they certainly aren't. From the San Paolo to the Bernabeu, where... Morata scored on his well, eventually scored on his return to Madrid, and uh, Barcelona also maintained a perfect start. But the real heroes of La Liga are Las Palmas, who sit at the top of La Liga after two games. The, the whole city of La Liga. <laughs> They've also scored the most goals as well. They beat Valencia four two in their first game, and they beat Granada, I think five one. Kevin Prince-Botang did get on the score sheet this time and former Liverpool favourite Nabil Elzar has all got a couple. Differing fortunes for Atletico Madrid though. Still yet to win a game. Yeah, they drew against Leganes who are the third side in Madrid. Another promoted side that they've dropped points against. But let's head back to England into the Championship where Huddersfield sit top at the moment. Jurgen Klopp's bestie, David Wagner. Yeah, the top seven actually all won in the in the championship, so it's, it's, it's near enough as you were. Um, Huddersfield, Huddersfield sit top, Fulham in second, Newcastle in third. Well, they've picked up form under Rafa Benitez, managing a 2-0 win over Brighton. And better news for Shane Duffy as well, who, who's having a bit of a nightmare over that event. I mean, uh, scored two own goals and got sent off in his previous game. He's got his move to Brighton. Good stuff. Yeah. Anyway... We're not looking forward to, to the international break. You might want to sleep through the fucking international break. That's my plan. I'm going to hibernate through the international break. And we will catch you next week for a bit of a preview of the following week's Premier League games and a more in-depth European review as well. Sweet. Take care. Peace.